The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So training camp just around the corner, which means the season is just around the corner. So big picture topics are going to be a thing as we preview the 2023 Patriots. And we're going to start here optimistically, Paul Perillo, because nothing says optimism like a podcast with Andy Hart and Paul Perillo. I mean, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I want you to give me, and we'll bounce back and forth here. We'll break it down a little bit, discuss it. I want to try to come up with five reasons that the New England Patriots will make the playoffs in 2023 and appease their owner and make all their fans happy again to play, well, I guess they always play January football, but real January football, playoff football. Give me reason number one the Patriots will make the playoffs after this season. I think you have to look at the improvement. Pause. <laughs> the, the improvement overall. Well, because I'm trying to make sure you, you you're looking for five. Ish. So I know you told me, let's be honest. You and I, we always pull back the curtain. We break the fourth wall. <laughs> I had I a hard time. Before we start the podcast, Paul's like, I had a hard time coming up with five reasons they're going to make the playoff. I did. <laughs> uh, I did. So uh, you're going to have to give me a little leeway. My first one is going to be Bill O'Brien. Okay. Bill O'Brien's arrival. Nailed it. Sort of um, professionalizes the offense. Because <laughs> I don't think they had, I don't I think they had an, an, an NFL offense last year. Uh, in scheme and play calling. Um, and I think that they'll have those things this year. And I think that's where I'll start. Bill O'Brien's overall presence. I think we saw a little sign of that in the spring. I thought there was a tempo, not necessarily a great execution, but I, I thought there was a tempo and a rhythm to what they were trying to do. You could look at it and say, I see what they're doing. I see what they're trying to do. And you could also look at it and see Mac Jones saying, uh, I trust him. This feels normal. Mac Jones even having adjustments at the line to the point where he's not in and he's making adjustments at the line behind Bailey Zappi in this weird histrionic thing that I'm sure not sure I get, but whatever. At least he's doing it. Um, you're right. Execution at times sucked. Uh, the last day and a half of yeah. minicamp was borderline 2022-esque. 
Like it, it just looked like a poop show at times with the offense and Mac holding the ball, can't find receivers, balls batted, whatever. But I, I agree with you. The top reason, and you touched on it earlier, the schedules are very different. The years are very different. Like there's a lot of changes year to year and what they're going to have to accomplish. But if, if you put Bill O'Brien on last year's Patriots, is that not good for a game? Two games? I, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but the competency, the professionalism, hell, just the um, the air, the mentality, because as we read in the, the Boston Herald, Karen Garigian and Andrew Callahan, like the dysfunction that went back to May, that was a mental anxiety that everybody in that unit dealt with. They will not deal with that this year. And, right. oh, by the way, he's shown the ability to take chicken you-know-what and make some chicken salad out of it with various quarterbacks, various receivers, various running backs throughout his career. So I think everybody would agree. I don't know. Like, that's certainly not a hot take. The hot take is, you know what? I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to work. The hot take would be, you know what? I think Matt Patricia was building something last year and got screwed. (laughs) That's a scorcher. No one says that. So, okay, Bill O'Brien will make the Patriots better and theoretically and hopefully better enough to make the playoffs. Number two reason the Patriots will make the playoffs in 2023, Paul Perillo. Okay, I think you just sort of laid the groundwork for it. Mentally, that unlocks Mac Jones. So I think he's much more comfortable uh, and we see a little bit more of the stuff that we saw the first two, two and a half months of his rookie year, as opposed to what we saw the last half of his rookie year into last season, 2022. So I think that mental burden is gone. I don't think we'll see him yelling and screaming on the field at the sideline anywhere near as often as we saw it last year. Hopefully they don't have any delay of games to, to, to come, come around, but I think that will allow him to play a little bit free and easy. And you made a a really, really um, interesting point that I know a lot of people talk about with regard to the calls, the audibles and the the line calls and the protection. That was an issue last year. Now, was it an issue because of the way Patricia had it set up or was it an issue for Mac Jones? I think it it was coaching. So I think that will improve him as well. So Mac Jones, much better with uh, a real NFL system. So that made number four on my list. Mac Jones returning to stability, development. I mean, I think you need to, A, first get back to 2021 Mac Jones and then evolve from there because I don't think 2021 Mac Jones will be good enough to get this team to the playoffs. You're going to need more than that. Um, But I I agree 100%. Find out about Mac and if it's the good Mac and all. And this is who was it? Uh, Oh, Herb Street. You know, these people that are putting like all their stock in Mac Jones. He's going to be at a Pro Bowl level. Paul just rolled his eyes. I did. Um, And I agree. Um, The the thing I I give uh, Kirk Herb Street credit for is I'm 1000% behind Mac Jones. I don't think there's many people on the planet not named Mac Jones or his Sophie or whatever the dog's name are that have said that. There's some people that say like, I think he could be good. I think he could be good enough. Herb Street went all in, and I don't know what value there is in that, but Mac Jones needs to be really good. He needs to be a key factor. My number two was the front seven on defense. I think if this team is going to be a playoff team, that means they're going to have to beat a lot of good offenses, a lot of good offenses right out the gates, and they're going to have to be the defense that people pretend they have been. They're going to have to be a top five defense. They're going to have to make life really difficult on offenses. And I do think we talked about it earlier with the uh, receivers. If the upside potential is hit, I think the potential is 
is there for this front seven to be pretty damn dominant. If Matthew Judon is the best Matthew Judon he can be, if Josh Uche is not a flash-in-the-pan second fiddle Robin on the other end, but an actual dynamic pass rusher who's coming into his own in a contract year, if Christian Barmore is the idea of Christian Barmore and not the guy that we've seen, and then you mix in all the other guy, Keon White, Dietrich Wise, if you get the best, Devon Godshaw is one of the best defensive linemen in football, somebody once told me. If you get the best of all of that, I think that defensive front has the potential to make life hard on opposing quarterbacks and running backs and offensive lines. And I think they're going to have to do that if this team is going to be a playoff caliber team. Yeah. Um, so I didn't necessarily think of these in terms of one through five, but so just to play along, I'll, I'll use that as my number three then, um, you know, not necessarily the front seven, but just the overall experience level they have on defense. And one of the days at minicamp, we were listening to Jabril Peppers and he was sort of, I thought being a good teammate and sort of giving the offense a little bit of a break by explaining how we should be doing this because all of our guys are back. We're in the same system. We're all been playing together. We have so many of the 11, 12, 13, 15 players that are regularly rotating in on defense have at least two or three years, in some cases more, playing together. So that overall defensive experience – I've heard a lot of people call them a top five defense. I don't really push back on that. I, I, I think that that's uh, definitely a possibility. I think that they are a pretty good defense in this day and age. Um, I think Christian Gonzalez could be a, a real X factor in that. If he can be a rookie cornerback like Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen last year, stepping in immediately and being able to, I'm not going to say dominate, but hold his own against that laundry list of top flight receivers, they can be a playoff team. I think defensively, if they can, instead of giving up 35, it's only 27, 28. I think you can, you can be a playoff team that way. And and I think that they might have the potential to do that. Yeah. Um, I liked what Pepper said. I think the way people ran with it and talk, you know, we got a bunch of unicorns oh, position, and positionless defense. Yeah. 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 I'm not, they, I'm not into any of that. I mean, they have versatile players. And I do think, like, Mac, I think Mac talked about this a couple of years ago, or one of the quarterbacks did. Maybe it was Cam Newton talking about, like, you do see some guys and you don't, you're not really sure kind of what position, what role that guy is playing. And I do think they're going to be able to do that. I think you have, and certainly the addition of guys like Mapu to the mix help that the linebacker safety blend and, and everything that goes into that. And that was actually my next thing. I think if they're going to be good, I think the safety position has to dominate. I think the safety position with your guy, Jabril Peppers, who we all fell in love with last year because he plays 1972 football and tries to take everybody's head off anytime they're anywhere near him. But him, Kyle Duggar in a contract year, you know, I don't want to be negative about Kyle Duggar. But I still don't believe the production of Kyle Duggar has matched the athleticism and the perceived potential we all have for him. Like, remember, like he's Jamal Adams. He's an all pro safety. He's not an all pro safety. He's a, a good safety. I'd like to see him become an all pro caliber safety and really change games regularly. And Adrian Phillips, I think we all like. Now he might be starting to trend toward the backside of things. Um, but even Jalen Mills, if he's allowed, he talked about it, Jalen Mills, that being in the middle of the field, a chance to make more plays and be around the football more and 
And I don't know if that will actually play out and lead to the, the success that he probably envisions for himself. But I think that position, because linebacker is kind of a questionable position. I think cornerback, as you mentioned, could be boom or bust position. Safety, the defensive front and safety, to me, need to be the foundations of the defense. And I know you lose Devin McCourty, and that's concerning. And maybe you're putting more similar guys on the field that you don't have a true free safety. And, you know, could Duggar and Mapu get toasted deep and not really be middle-of-the-field kind of guys? But I think if they're going to reach their best on defense, which means they need that to reach their best as a team, the safety position is going to have to be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I – I think that really is uh, sums it up because I think that's a position that they invested in, they have depth in, they have versatility in, and if it doesn't pan out and all of a sudden we're five weeks in saying, who's the Devin McCourty? Which one is the guy that's playing that Devin McCourty role to make sure everybody's lined up properly, making sure nothing gets over the top? Then we're going to be wondering, you know, what do we need four or five safeties for if we don't have one? Now, I do think Jalen Mills is the one guy that you mentioned there that I think could factor into that kind of role. So I like that. I'm going to go my next one. I'm going to put it old school here and ruffle the feathers of guys like Teddy Bruschi and William McGinnis and Ted Johnson and a lot of other former Patriots. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is backed into a corner. Some people, we already talked about this earlier in the podcast, think his seat is quite warm. Um. I think he responds to that, uh, and, I, and I think that maybe he has a little something left to say. I do strongly believe in Bill Belichick, the game planner, and the football acumen guy. I still strongly believe in, in that ability, and I think that he might give them an edge in some of these games uh, over the guys that he's coaching against. I'm not telling you he has an edge every single game, but I think most weeks he does, and I think if, if Bill is on it, and back to his, you know, get, maybe he adds a, a mile or two back to that fastball and he's got a little bit of a resurgence, they can be a playoff team. I'll buy it because – Wow. Um, no, I, I, I will. have to sell you on that one. No, not really because I think the structure that's in place is more um, allowing for that this year. And what I mean by that is we started with Bill O'Brien. So I don't think Bill Belichick has to wake up at – 4.30 on Monday morning and be like, what the hell are we going to do on offense this week? He goes, Bill, everything going well? We good? Right? That so, And then he goes, hey, Steve. Hey, uh, Gerard. Uh, let's talk about a couple of those injuries, adjustments, but you guys, you're getting ready for Rodgers, right? You know, Joe, Cam, you guys, oh, I think he can pick his spots. I think the last couple of years, there's been times where he had to do things, right. and that takes away from his ability to just sit back be a genius be a guy that can look for matchups adjustments changes anywhere special teams offense defense so i do think the structure that's in place should allow for him to pick his spots and i think you know we talk about diminishing returns with players like you know a third down back he's a really good third down back if your lead back gets hurt and now you need him to carry the whole load diminishing returns like kevin falk or somebody diminishing returns yeah, I think Bill was spread thin. You can, however, you want to wear it. Wears all the hats the last couple of years. I think the opportunities will present themselves for him to be more impactful in a lesser role, if that makes sense. And I think that could be the. Di- You're right. That could be the difference in a tight matchup against one of these division foes, where theoretically you have the coaching advantage. I still think he's the better coach compared to McDermott or compared to Sala 
or compared to McDaniel. So you steal one of those. That might be the difference between nine and eight and 10 and seven and making the playoffs. So I yep. love that one. All right. And then the last one for me is a uh, Mike Mayock tied for twofer where I'm going to slide two into this one. Somebody just like somebody or some duo breaks out offensively. I don't think you can just say we are just a committee offense. I, every single guy contributes his 500 yards over the course of the season. And we're going to be a very good offense. I think that's really, really hard to do. Puts even more pressure on Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien and all of that. So I think we're going to need to put it in like TV terms come November when they play a key game, somebody will be doing a feature with somebody like sitting down, you know, how did it all come together? Kendrick Bourne, like you've had your ups and downs through six years or whatever, or Mike Kosicki, maybe he's as good as these people think that he's going to be. Pick. I think you need that. I think you need a either bounce back or breakout star other than Mac Jones. And it could even be Ramondre. If Ramondre takes his game, you know, year one is 600 yards to 1400 yards from scrimmage. If he goes 2000 plus yards from scrimmage, well, you just became a superstar running back. Sorry, you won't get paid for it in a couple of years, but you just became a superstar running back. I think you need something to break out in that area. And then the other one is, this is a terrible one. Somewhere Eric Scalavino will like it though. And people are like, who's Eric Scalavino? Google it. I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> But you got the potential to have a rookie punter and a rookie kicker, right? They can't look like rookies. They have to look like they're upside. They, we can't be waiting for the year two jump if you go with Beringer and Ryland. I've seen good things from them. They both have strong legs. They both have the ability to do the job. But rookie specialists are uh, – that's a that can be a problem for a team that is probably going to be one game from missing the playoffs or one game from making the playoffs when the, the end. So – I think your rookies are going to, at the specialist positions, are going to need to not look like rookies. We're going to have to talk about, holy crap, that 57-yard field goal that Ryland hit to win that game, that's why they made the playoffs, right? I think you're going to need some of that. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Um, are you going to say kind of? Just say, I like that. You're really smart, Andy. You're awesome. You might hear about that one a little bit later in the program. Uh, oh. I am going to finish with – and I, I kind of oh. like your um, – you had the Patriots.com answer, like a duo is going to emerge and, you know, one that we're not going to talk about. I'm going to go with more of the talk radio snark. It just doesn't work out for some of these teams. Injuries hit, you know, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is done. Uh, you know, you get a couple of those kinds of things happen around the league, and uh, that's how the Patriots can slide into the playoffs. I, You know, right now the schedule, like we talked about, looks really daunting, but – Maybe it's not as daunting if you only face Tua on week two and then he doesn't play the last 11 weeks because he had a concussion. And Aaron Rodgers just doesn't work out with the Jets. So those are two teams that right now you feel like we have to try to climb to face the, to, to get on top of them. Well, now all of a sudden you're second. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it doesn't work out one of these other places. It looks like Jacksonville and how about Jeff Diggs goes to Thailand in November and says, F you, I don't play no more. Well, out of all the things that people want to say about the Jets, the thing I would worry most about if I were an AFC East fan that, that's rooting against the Patriots would be Buffalo's internal problems. Because mm -hmm. that, to me, can destroy a team better than any. Injuries obviously affect everybody. But if you have internal problems, 
that's hard to overcome. So yeah, that that kind of stuff. Just good fortune, for lack of good a better fortune or misfortune for the foes. Yeah. All right, so let's now flip it on the ear, and I know this is a part of the podcast Paul Perillo will really enjoy and embrace. Five reasons the Patriots will not make the playoffs in 2023 as they didn't make the playoffs a year ago. Okay, so um, it's going to be some similarities here, but Mac Jones. <laughs> like, Mac Jones just doesn't take that step forward. He's not the kind of quarterback that lifts others around him. Um, if you have a lot of talent around him with a great scheme and a great defense and a great running game, he can be fine. But if you need him to get in a shootout in the fourth quarter, come from behind, um, you know, find a way to to make Kendrick Bourne uh, go from a six or 700 guy to a 1200 guy. He's not the guy at the, at this time next year, when we're doing the podcast, we're saying, well, this is Mac Jones's last year here. They're going to have to figure out where they're going after this. They won't make the playoffs. If we have uncertainty going into the off season, they won't make the playoffs. That is correct. And I think everybody like Bill O'Brien on the pro side would have Mac, not good enough on the reason why they don't make the playoffs. Um, I had him a couple down on my list that I just banged out. Um, let me ask you a quick side question that ties into this a little bit. But if I were to say Paul Perillo, very quickly, within three seconds, I need your first reaction answer. Surprise cut for the Patriots this summer would be? Adrian Phillips. Oh, Jesus. I don't like that one. That was a real surprise. I didn't see that coming at all. I don't care for it. Um, okay, so my answer to that question, which ties okay. into my... F- I have a few other options. Lawrence Guy? Um uh, that one would be less of a surprise. Born? I don't like that one at all. I just said he was going to be the breakout receiver. If you listen, there's surprises, Andy. No, we've I know. gone over this. Uh, if we mine, thought they were going to happen, they wouldn't be surprises. I know. I've talked about it. Uh, mine would be Trent Brown because you can save some money. And I don't know where Trent Brown is mentally, physically, emotionally, anything. That said, I think the reason, number one, where the Patriots could miss the playoffs is the tackle position. I think it's a, a potential debacle. That was my number happen. two. Absolutely. 100% cosign. And and Trent Brown, I know everybody's icky balooky excited because he went to the gym twice before training camp started. Um, whatever. Okay, good. Um, I, I think there's... all started running during COVID. <laughs> um, and if he is not at least... Comp- Hell, if he's not at least penciled in as your left tackle then I, like that position could be horrific. You got Calvin Anderson, Riley Reef, who, hell, he could add the list of guys that retire in the middle of camp and say, I can't do this anymore because somebody might let him know that he came here to chase a ring and you're not really chasing a ring this year in New England. Um, I know Cole Mc, uh, Connor McDermott was, thank God we have him last year. I don't know if you want to start a season with, like I just think we've seen offensive lines can derail good quarterbacks. And now we're saying a guy you think is the key to the season and is like at a career crossroads. I know everybody likes to believe like no excuses, Mac. There's no more excuses. You got what you need. Go prove it. I'm not sure he has what he needs at the tackle position. And you face some pretty good defenses. You face some pretty good pass rushers that, I mean, when's Micah Parsons coming? Week three, week four. Um, You know, the, obviously the, the New York jets have a good defense, a good front, a good pass rush. Like, Life could be difficult on Mac Jones, so I think the tackle position, I like to use the phrase house of cards. You know that. I'm not sure it's even a house of cards yet. I'm not sure which cards are standing up in the wind. Yeah, I I totally agree on the offensive line. It's a problem. I think the tackle position, and I I actually think, I I didn't say Trent Brown, 
uh, you know, as a cut candidate, because I, I don't really think that would be a huge surprise. Um, if he's not on, if he's not on board, no, you, you've seen, that's why I put Kendrick Bourne in there, Andy. Like, it's not about ability. It's more about you, availability. Yeah. Are you with us? Right. Are you on board? Are you, you one of us? Or are you just like off on your own island? You know, are you going to be, is, is, is Trent Brown going to be tweeting from Green Bay? Can't wait to go home. You know, like he did last year, you know, in Vegas or whatever. So I, I think that's a really strong one. The offensive line. No question. Tackle right. specifically. So what do you got next? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the schedule is just, I don't like to play the paper schedule game. I mean, we all do it. We all have fun with it, but I think it's legit this year. I mean, I think this is, I think there are three games right now in Vegas that the Patriots are favored in Washington, Indianapolis, and somebody else. Uh, I, I forget. I forget the third one. I don't even, I don't even have my magnet up here. I can't even look. Jesus. Uh, you know, I'll, f- I'll figure that out. But anyway, higher planning prevents piss poor performance with Paul Perillo. It's the you, APs. You got, clusters of games that are going to be really tough to deal with, you know, starting right off with the first four. Um, Wait, that's not know. an extension of the preseason? No, it, it better not be this year. Are you going to be 0-4? Nope. Exactly. Um, so I think that's going to – I think you could have some improvement overall. I think you could show some really positive signs and still have a hard time making the playoffs because you play enough teams that are just flat out better than you. Competition. That was uh, the third one on my list as well. It's a tough schedule, and you're right. Maybe a couple teams won't be as good as we think. Oh, by the way, a couple teams that we think may not be great might be better. I would put the Denver Broncos in that category. New coach, refocused quarterback. So almost no matter how you look at it, it's a significantly more challenging schedule than a year ago, and that's, that's a reality. I mean, it's a reality the Red Sox have faced. I've made the comparison all year. Do I believe the Red Sox are a better team this year? bleep yeah they are they're a better team and it took until two days ago for them to get out of last place in the AL East right so like you can be good but if all the other teams you play or ahead of you in the in the division are better you don't make the playoffs and that gets back to our whole what the season look like what are you feeling at the end of the year optimism pessimism all of that if you just come up a little bit short to a really competitive schedule that may be a positive season that may be an advancement in whatever this process is um my next one, I actually had it number two on my list after tackle. Um, the uncertainty and youthfulness of the cornerback position because that was number four. A nice secondary like minds. Um, if you, we just talked about the schedule, the quarterbacks right out the gates, the offenses, that also incle- includes challenging number one targets, weapons, and as much as I think we all love the Christian Gonzalez pick and we're all hopeful that he's the next great cornerback in New England and Sauce Gardner and other guys have proven in recent years, Patrick Sertan, you can come right in and be a really good corner right away. I don't know if that's seven on seven, just like the receivers and the evolution of football, whatever it is, you don't necessarily need to you know, work out the kinks. You can be a good corner. So maybe he is because he's being put in the number one left corner. He's our guy's spot. I don't mean to be a pessimist, but what if he looks like a rookie? What if he's getting toasted? There's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of options. And oh, by the way, your number two corner, who says he's not Ja Morant, I agree with him. Ja Morant was not as dumb as you. Ja Morant didn't show up at a freaking security checkpoint with guns. He was just taking stupid modern social media photos and pics and stuff with it. So if Jack Jones goes to the pokey, as one of our uh, former PFW <laughs> listeners used to say, and Christian Gonzalez isn't that good, 
I think you are up, and I'm allowed to say this because it was a TV show, Shits Creek without a paddle at the cornerback position against massive challenges every single week at quarterback and wide receiver. Yeah, I won't go much more into depth than that. I totally agree. I think the Jack Jones situation is certainly hanging over that secondary. I think that puts Jonathan Jones probably back on the outside. Uh, maybe it puts Marcus Jones into a more prominent role in the slot. I don't know if that's great. Miles Bryant factors into the, the equation in that. I think the secondary could be very tenuous. Even if Gonzalez pans out, I think you could be in trouble in, in the secondary. Uh, if, if Gonzalez isn't one of those young, uh, immediate impact cornerbacks, then I think that could be a real weakness. Okay, I know this is going to be a challenge for you, but do you have any more reasons why the Patriots won't make yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I would sort of look at it as kind of I'll, – I'll, I'll bunch this into one. I'll say they just, don't, they just won't have enough offense to compete with the quarterbacks they're going to play. Like, I think you could be enough offense maybe last year um, when you didn't have to get into enough of those shootouts. You know, in the, if you could get to the mid-20s, you had a chance to win every game. I think it's going to be probably a little bit more than that this year. So – I, I'm not convinced that the offense is going to be improved enough to compete with the quarterbacks they're going to have to play. I think I think they saw somewhere there was like 11 legitimate quarterbacks they'll, they'll have to face on, on the roster this year. That's a lot. It is a lot. And that's why my last one was weapons. Same sort of thing. The overall offense, the firepower. Um, we talked about it. I think the way they're approaching it with Tom Brady, I think these weapons would be fine. Veteran quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, weapons would be fine. But you don't have that. You have a guy that's still trying to find his way and what he is, and there's pressure and stress. Like, I just – you don't have a go-to guy. And you and I have joked about this for years. Practice field. The hell, they're in shorts and T-shirts, and there's been two incompletions in a row. Brady's going to Edelman here, just an FYI. Shallow and Brady cross. goes to Edelman. Shallow cross to right. Edelman. And what was it? Complete. Right. Changes so, the, the – So we don't emotion. get three incompletions in a row. You exhale that whole thing. Or, you know, the classic examples, games on the line – He's just going to throw it up to Gronk here, and Gronk catches it. Even when Gronk was a shell of himself, Gronk catches it to win a title game, to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that luxury is there for – I mean, Devontae Parker can tell me he's 80-20 on, on jump balls. He's not. Um, you can tell me that Mike Kosicki is a unicorn weapon. He's not. These guys are all complementary weapons right now. Maybe, again, one breaks out, and I talk about him differently. But if that's the case, if they play to the – sort of average nature of their resumes, number 10 is just, there's a lot of pressure there. And that's that's a hard way to play in the National Football League against good teams, good defenses. And as you said, not just good defenses, but good offenses. There's that pressure, can't punt here. Can't, like, if we, if yes. we have a couple drives, all of a sudden, okay, we punted. Oh, Patrick Mahomes didn't. That's seven. Oh, we punted. Patrick Mahomes didn't. That's 14. Now I'm chasing and, and I'm not built for that. I'm not good enough for like that's that's a lot of pressure. So if you know the weapons just might not be there. Yeah, I, I think that that's you know absolutely the the be all end all is the, do they have enough offense? And one last thing I'll throw out there, just because you I, I didn't think of it and I didn't have it written down, but you put it in your reasons they could make the playoffs. Same thing with the rookie specialists. Maybe they're just not ready. You need those field, but you can't afford to pass up points when you're in scoring position. So. You know, maybe Chad Ryland, who I, I totally agree with you, definitely looked the part in that little snapshot that we saw in the spring. Maybe he's a little erratic to start his career, misses a, a, a big field goal or two. Those can be really crippling to a team trying to get over the hump. 
So there you have it as Bill Belichick makes the uh, journey back from Nantucket and all the coaches return to Gillette Stadium and the rookies report and the veterans report. And reporters will report next week, midweek, from the practice fields behind Gillette Stadium. We gave you five reasons the Patriots will make the playoffs. We gave you five-plus reasons why the Patriots won't make the you playoffs. You gave us six reasons why they will make the playoffs. We gave you six why they won't. Let's go. Give you a little extra on both sides. So if you average those all together, I don't know. We'll probably have to watch the season and see what happens because who knows. Sounds like seven or eight wins. (laughs) Right. And uh, we'll see. But it should be a fun football season. I hope this was a fun podcast here on the Six Rings and Football Things feed. For Paul Perillo, I'm Andy Hart. For producer Justin Turpin and for that lazy SOB Fitzy who's having an IPA on a beach somewhere. We will be back soon with another preview podcast where I think old friend Mike Giardi will join us. And then, as I said, we are days away from daily podcast practice reviews. Soon it'll be joint practices, preseason games. And as much as I hate to say it, because as somebody who loves a Miller Lite on the boat in August, summer is just about over. Fall is, in tre- is, is upon us. Football is upon us. Paul Perillo, thanks again for joining us. Anytime, as you know. Six rings and football things. Peace out. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus